Hello and welcome to our Christmas episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends. And I have my best friend back in the co-host chair. I'm back. It's been a minute. You ha- you are back. And I understand that you've been out holidaying tonight. I know. We went and drove around and looked at Christmas lights and had hot chocolate and our cheesy Christmas music. And, you know, the kids are like, our hot chocolate's too hot. And we want to listen to our rap music and (laughs) not up, kids. You have just enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do that thing that I like to do and stir your hot chocolate with a candy cane? No, you're way fancier than me. Oh, it's not about being fancy. It's about being tasty. No, I stopped. something about chocolate and mint together that just makes me just, uh. True. Yep. Nope. Stopped at the first gas station we saw and got our fancy hot chocolate and cappuccinos and no candy canes though. Sorry to disappoint. Okay. You got the gas station kind. You didn't like <laughs> milk your own cow and add nothing. <laughs> no. Like okay. No. We are the least fancy coffee people ever. <laughs> okay, so Michelle, we did it. We made it, made it. through 2020. <laughs> and that, that applies to a lot of different things, doesn't it? Um, Christmas miracle, Shannon. Yeah, well, none of us thought that this COVID thing would actually still be going on come Christmas time. I know. But uh, yeah. Do you we, have your Christmas masks? Do you have glittery masks with trees and snowmen and... I don't have a special Christmas mask, but we did see something that was so cute today that had uh, two surgical masks that were folded in such a way that it made an angel with a blue gown is what it wound up looking like. Charlie held it up on, on a Zoom call and he's like, look what I'm bringing home. And I'm thinking, why do we need a paper angel in a blue gown? And then it hit me. <gasps> Those are mask. surgical masks. What a perfect ornament. Because I've always done that thing where I collected a special ornament for mm-hmm. each year. And uh, there's also some pretty funny 2020 ornaments out there with yeah. like, everybody's head with a mask on it. And you put their name under it. And there's some rolls of toilet paper to the side and all of that. Oh yeah. And then I saw another one that's a little plastic green dumpster with a fire coming out of it as it is 2020 as if it was a dumpster fire, obviously. (laughs) um, We've made it. We're almost to the end. We are almost to the end. And so uh, I'm just hoping that everybody will enjoy a relaxing, stress-free and especially COVID-free holiday. I don't even have a tree. Should I say that out loud? Am I (laughs) going to be excommunicated from? No, you have a really good excuse for not having a tree this year. (laughs) I know. I know. What did you say? Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm moving. I'm moving. We are in the midst of packing and it's all just kind of happened. And um, so, yeah, we're moving next month. So if I did have a tree, the only boxes that would really be under it are moving boxes. Uh, so speaking of trees and presents under the tree, mm-hmm. back in November, I was at Hobby Lobby and mm-hmm. I saw how popular this whole Buffalo check 
gift wrapping oh paper gosh. thing is like it was the black and white check everything okay i was gonna say black and white or red and black so there's both yeah either one but yeah mostly i was seeing black and white black and white they mm -hmm. had you know ornaments for your porch and they had placemats and they had tree skirts and like every freaking thing was this black and white buffalo check and i was mm -hmm. like i'm gonna do that this year i'm gonna have <laughs> me some really pretty presents out of the tree all black and white <laughs> well i did accomplish the fact that all the presents under the tree are indeed black and white but buffalo check no only oh, oh. because i didn't open the amazon envelopes that they all came in <laughs> <laughs> you cheated <laughs> so that they're all like count. shiny white plastic with that black penis looking arrow on it <laughs> <laughs> that's what all of our presents look like so there's uniformity to it they all look alike exactly way to take the easy way out i can't believe you <laughs> yeah as charlie do I have to wrap these? <laughs> just rolled his eyes and walked away. <laughs> Does that is that a yes eye roll or I could care no, less that, eye roll? That was a you're gonna do whatever you want to do eye roll. Why are you even asking? <laughs> Why are you asking? Oh <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to just take a moment to bask in what we have experienced this calendar year. Uh, and then take some listener questions to wrap up our year. Okay. Uh, so Michelle, having this podcast is a dream come true for me. Just for years, I had thought about doing my own kind of thing. And I'm just mm -hmm. so grateful that God laid you on my heart when he did. And that it was in a season that you were, that you were feeling froggy and wanted to jump on board and be part of it all because <laughs> I, I wrote down my list of things that I'm really grateful for that we got to experience and getting to talk to you so often and having you bring your joy and your humor and your sassiness to our show. <laughs> I'm just really grateful for that. Thank you so much. I can't believe how it all worked out and just how all the details fell into place. And like you said, it was just the right time and the right season and we needed each other, I guess. So, um, <laughs> well, hopefully a few other people out there needed us too. And, and we certainly need you. We need people to keep listening and send us your questions and your feedback. Yes. And we really appreciate all the suggestions this year to help us just do better at this. Cause we're, mm -hmm. we're kind of, kind of new. Um, so I was thinking about some of the guests that we had on the show and the the main three that come to my mind as being particularly enjoyable for me mm -hmm. um, was of course dr david lawson because he was mm -hmm. my human sexuality professor he's going to be our sexually confident couple co yeah. he's just always a hoot and um and by the way we just got off of a zoom call this afternoon where we updated the sexually confident couple workshop video so that people can see the updated version at shannonethridge.com um, but then also J Dr. James Reeves that did the fearless series for women. Mm -hmm. um, I actually just heard from him a couple weeks ago. He has written an entire workbook to go along with that fearless video series for women who are really seeking to overcome the trauma of their sexual abuse in the past. And he asked me if I'd be willing to write a forward to the workbook, oh which I was gosh. honored to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we're definitely going to reconnect with him when everything is all ready to be released. Cause I, I definitely want people to hear more about that project and the impact that it's having, especially mm -hmm. on women and couples who have sexual abuse as a part of, of their dynamic in the past. Um, and then the conversation that I had with Dr. Michael Seitzma, uh, was definitely a highlight for me. Um, I have just always so respected him and the conversation that we had about desire discrepancy was mm -hmm. I think one of the most commented on episodes that we had, but would you like to take a guess which episode had the most listens? Oh, you can tell that, can't you? Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, I know. I bet I know. Which one? Blowjobs. <laughs> So well, it wasn't called blowjobs. It was, I forgot what it was called. <laughs> what was it called? <laughs> uh, 10 tips for blowing his mind. So were there comments or you could just tell how many people watched it? See, I don't know anything behind the scenes. I just show up and talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On SoundCloud, it calculates how many people have downloaded it and listened to it. And I okay. forgot what the number was, but I did oh, notice oh. that it was significantly higher than the other. <laughs> So that was kind of why. Um, and then my final uh, highlight is I loved having our husbands on. I know. I know that was sweet of them to offer such amazing expertise mm -hmm. um, on our podcast. Yeah, I really appreciate Brian's willingness to be a part of it. Charlie doesn't really have a choice <laughs> to sleep with me at night. That's right. You tell him what to do. But Brian does have a choice and he chose to spend some right. time with us. And I just always so enjoy interacting with him and with both of you as a couple. So yes. thank you for bringing all of your, your happiness to the show. Well, yeah, it's so fun. I still can't believe I get to do something like this with you. Um, and we're talking about our highlights, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got okay. some highlights. Well, I do. I mean, my first one, which you said was your first one which I don't know if it was really your first one or if you were just trying to make me feel good, but I said that seeing Shannon multiple times, that was a huge highlight of my year because we've never seen each other as much as we did this year. Yeah, yeah. We connected often and at our best and worst moments, there were times that we were <laughs> like either one of us or both of us was all dolled up and glammed up for each other. And then there were other times that it, we did good to get a ball cap on. <laughs> like to get a bra and a, like a, a real bra and shoes and hair done. Yeah. So, but no one knows that. Well, now it's so funny because we're recording this at 10 30 at night and I was like she will never know that I have to unhook my bra at this point in the day <laughs> <laughs> so I'm standing here in house shoes with a bra just kind of flopping around yeah but you look our listeners don't need to know that that's an image no. you need to have in there <laughs> you look all business on the top I'm afraid to see what's on the bottom it's like a mullet this <laughs> in the front party in the back, in the back. I'm business right. up at the top and party at the bottom you're such or a like more like bedtime at the bottom. <laughs> Such a mullet over there, you. Um, so another highlight was, and you've yeah. had an amazing year. Thank you. Yeah, this year, you know, we always kind of um, measure it by volume, and I, I had hoped to sell anything over seven million was going to be, you know, in Arkansas. That's, you yeah. know a pretty decent amount you know uh we don't have sales like a lot of the big cities do but um but i was at ten and a half million this year 
That is amazing. So, I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. goal by like 50%. I don't even know how it all happened, but we're A 150% of your goal year is, that is to be commemorated. Isn't that crazy? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. so much so how great I've to had, have Brian partner with you and all of that since he's I, yeah, right along with you couldn't do it without him really couldn't so so yeah we I've had several highlights and um there's been some hard times but um learned a lot and I'm glad that 2021 is just a few days away surely to god it's gonna be an easier year <laughs> Just give me the vaccine and let me go visit Michelle and my mom. <laughs> you better come see me. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you do. Yeah. So surely it is going to be an easier year. Uh, incidentally, there are people who are looking forward, not just to 2021, but mm -hmm. are already looking forward to 2022 because guess what I woke up to this morning? This just really elated me. What? An email? A phone call? I don't know. An email. Okay. Uh, it, it was an application to attend the Sexually Confident Couple Workshop in Placencia, Belize. And, you know, we had intended to do that earlier this year, but COVID yes. wiped it out. And we had, you know, several couples signed up to go. But, of course, you know, we just had to cancel. Everybody canceled and, and we refunded everybody's money. And so we hadn't right. really started over with the registration mm -hmm. and stuff, but we got our first registration this morning. Oh, how cool. And on the application, when it asked, where did you hear about this workshop? Mm -hmm. They're podcast listeners. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's and amazing. So I love Good the fact them. that people are listening and catching the vision that coming and joining us in Placencia Belize in 2022 would be a fun thing to do. And so I thought, you know what, as a Christmas present to everybody, I think that I would like to offer uh, a, a Christmas present or a New do Year's I present. Do I get to partake of this Christmas <laughs> <laughs> I want a Christmas present from you. But, well, you kind of do anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, now, I think that I would like to offer exclusively to our podcast listeners who use the code episode 35, this episode, anybody who listens to the end of the year episode has obviously been with us for a while. Mm -hmm. So to those listeners, I would like to offer a free hour of coaching. So it's like a $200 value. Oh my gosh. If they sign up for the sexually confident couple workshop between now and Valentine's day, or if they can't come to that, if they would rather do a 180 coaching package, I will mm -hmm. offer an additional hour onto that package. So instead of a 25% discount off of 12 sessions, which is normally what the 180 coaching package is, they're uh -huh. going to get 13 hours for the price of 12. Oh, wow. So people take advantage. There <laughs> you go. So again, use the code episode 35 and let us know mm -hmm. that you are a podcast listener and we will add on an extra hour of coaching uh, either before the workshop or after the workshop if you prefer. Um, but yeah, I would love to connect with you in 2021. But yeah, so let's get on to some listener comments and questions. Okay. So I'm going to start with this one from Dave, and then I'll let you read the ones from Lacey and Amanda. Um, Dave wanted to know 
if I could cover the question, is it wrong for you to clamor for your wife's sexual attention? And is it wrong for you to want her to dress in ways that really accentuate her body? Okay. So let me just say the idea that it's wrong. I don't know where you got that. Mm -hmm. That breaks my heart that someone would think that it's wrong to crave your spouse. Right. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? That's what we should do. It's <laughs> yeah, a good that, thing. Yeah. Isn't that the way that it's designed? Right. So, so I'm not sure if it's his wife that's making him feel that way, or if that's old religious voices in his head, or mm -hmm. if that's uh, shaming from, uh, from his childhood or what, but absolutely I can declare there is nothing wrong with wanting your wife and wanting to drink her in through your eyes. But here's the thing I have to put out as a caveat. You, you probably know what I'm going to say, right? I can think of a few options to share. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking that if it's his wife telling him that this is not okay, mm -hmm. she might not be saying it's wrong of you to think this way or want this. She may be saying it's just too much. It's too often. Right. Well, that's intense. what... That's the only thing I was thinking is, you know how, I mean, when you have men that can be more sexual than their wives and some wives feel like it's more of um, a to-do list or a chore or whatever. So when the husband's constantly pawing at her or making sexual remarks or comments or innuendos or whatever, depending on the frequency and, and how, um, you know, sexual drive is for one versus the other. That's the only thing I could think of without like knowing all the details, just where he may feel like, you know, if she is saying or commenting that, you know, don't talk to me like that all the time or, uh, or whatever is making well, him feel that way. I can totally envision that it's one of two things. Either he's doing it way too often and in that event, it can feel like a broken record or he can feel, it can feel like he's a one note Johnny that he only knows how to sing one song mm. or the way that I like to say it is that if you're going to highlight everything in a book, then you just highlighted nothing. You think mm -hmm. about it, you pick up a book and if every single thing is highlighted, then nothing is highlighted. Right. And so for a man to continually harp on how sexy his wife is, and that's like almost all he says to her. I can see how she would be like slamming on those brakes frequently. Like, can you, can you compliment me on something different or can you just not be falling all over yourself at me? Like, can we just have a normal conversation sometimes? Mm -hmm. So I would just say that if it's your wife making you feel that way, David, you might want to ask her what she's feeling that's causing her to tap on those brakes. But the other thought that came to my mind is, you know how some people, when you pay them a compliment, and they're all just like, no, no, it's mm -hmm. not even true. And they just can't say thank you. Yeah. She may be the kind of woman who just doesn't believe that mm -hmm. she's sexy. Right. And so her husband saying it to her often is just like a reminder of mm -hmm. the fact that she disagrees. Yeah. So I just want to encourage Dave's wife to remember that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And if he thinks you're sexy and beautiful and attractive and desirable, soak that up. Exactly. Soak 
that up. Of course, we want our husbands to think that we're attractive and sexy and alluring. So, but maybe a little bit of balance there would help, Dave. Um, if it's body image issues, uh, a 180 coaching package would be a really good idea for the two of you. I'm actually working with a couple now. We're probably in session nine of this 180 coaching package. And this was one of the things that came up for her is that through the years she had gained some significant weight after multiple babies. And now she's a grandma and just her image of herself, she said, mm -hmm. just doesn't really fit with a sexy type mm -hmm. of image. But I pulled up pictures of, do you know who Ashley Graham is? Uh, yes. <laughs> the bikini model for swimsuits for all. Yes, I know she is. And she's hot. She is. And I want to be her. She's so hot. And she's probably like a size, what would you guess? Like 16, 18-ish. Uh, I've read stories about her. But she was pregnant and still modeling. So I think, I mean, her size has just kind of been all over the board. But she's so gorgeous at any size she's been at. Exactly. So yes, it's not I know who she is. It's not about her size or her shape. It is about her attitude when her she confidence down the runway in those bras and panties. And there's another gal, redhead on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. I know she was at least a size 24, but mm -hmm. she just looks like she owns every square inch and mm -hmm. she just exudes confidence. So like I said in the book, The Sexually Confident Wife, sexy is never about size or shape. It is about attitude. There are mm -hmm. women who are a size 22 that in my opinion, in many men's opinion, are sexier than a size two mm -hmm. supermodel who's all insecure and wants to cover up and just flaunt right. whatever you got. You, no mm -hmm. matter what you look like, if you feel sexy, he will think that you are sexy. Right. It's true. You're right. And and the, the question that Dave asked about, is it wrong for me to want her to dress in ways that accentuate her body? Two things come to mind there. Number one, if you're talking about out in public, there are women who really resent the fact that their husbands expect them to parade themselves, for lack of a better word, simply mm -hmm. because he wants to look like he has a trophy wife. There are women right. who are just not, I mean, if, if a woman is comfortable with wearing form-fitting, accentuating clothing in public, then more power to her. I'm not trying to shame anybody for that. But if she does not feel comfortable with that and he's trying to make her something that she's not, you've right. got a problem, pal. You sure. Accept who she is and what she is comfortable in in public. Or it could be, like you've said earlier, maybe, you know, he views her a certain way and just thinks she's absolutely gorgeous and she's self-confident. Uh, and she's self-conscious. So she wears things that don't show off her body because of her own insecurities, but he wants her, you know, to, he's proud of her. So right. it may not be the trophy wife flaunting her around. Um, he just loves what she looks like and, and is proud. So. Well, you know that there way. might also be some mixed messages from childhood. Like how many times were you told by well-intentioned mom, dad, Sunday school teacher, whoever, that, you know, a woman shouldn't show cleavage and your shorts shouldn't be too short and your dresses shouldn't be too tight <laughs> and you should cross your legs and keep your ankles together. And yet, like, we, it was so ingrained yeah. in us that modest is hottest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a, a guy that I've known in years past named, uh, I think his name is Joel Herbert. 
he wrote an article about how the Bible never says modest is hottest. That if you read Song of Solomon, there's no modesty <laughs> between those two lovers and that a woman doesn't need to be modest in the privacy of her own bedroom. So we'll flip to, uh, yeah, out in public, she may feel the need to cover up a little bit more. But you know what? I just think that a woman needs to have the freedom to dress how she wants to dress. I don't think that that's something that husband should try to control. He can maybe suggest but I don't Mm -hmm. think you should harp on it. But as far as inside the bedroom, here's the thing. I know that there are certain things that men find sexy, Mm -hmm. but if she doesn't feel sexy in them, then guess what? It's not going to be sexy. for (laughs) It'll be a disaster. Maybe she feels more sexy in a t-shirt and no bra. I think that's probably mm-hmm. when I feel the sexiest is if it's yeah. a shirt that just kind of skims my breasts and hips and right. I just feel comfortable. I like that feeling or putting one of Charlie's shirts on. I like that feeling. It doesn't have to be something red or black or lacy or leather right. or whatever. But I would also encourage women that, you know what? Don't knock that stuff until you try it. Right. Because there are some women that try it it actually learn that they feel incredibly powerful mm-hmm. right. um i've actually walked women through some exercises on finding their sexual power and i think mm-hmm. i'm going to make a, a note right now that one of our spring of 2021 episodes is going to be all about finding your sexual power because when mm-hmm. women find it oh there is there is fireworks in in a good way not a bad way. right <laughs> But anyway, so she needs to be the one to decide what she wears Mm -hmm. and what she doesn't wear. And if she feels sexy, celebrate the fact that she feels sexy with you, pal. (laughs) It's hard not knowing the whole story. Like I want to ask them more questions. I know, but Dave, thank you for writing in and expressing what is probably on the heart of many men. And it's not just men. I think it's women too. Uh, You know, women like their men to dress up once in a while or keep his hair cut or shave or don't shave or whatever. Like we all have our preferences with our mate and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's affirming, as long as it comes out of our mouth in an affirming way. So Lacey sent us an email. You want to toss that out there? Yep. So Lacey said, hi, Shannon and Michelle. I'm a longtime fan and listener. I was actually honored to have my testimony shared in your book, The Sexually Confident Wife, and the chapter on body image. I've been single for almost 12 years, but have been dating a wonderful man for the last several months. Although we are talking about marriage, neither of us are quite ready because we are working through some of our past baggage and issues. As you can imagine, avoiding sexual intimacy has been very difficult to do, compounded by the fact that we live nearly two hours from each other. My question is... We have both openly talked about masturbation and pleasuring ourselves, and I wonder if you consider it to be wrong or objectifying each other if we think about each other while doing it, or would you consider it a healthy way to release sexual energy to avoid having sex before married? So the idea, uh, well, first of all, I applaud you for slowing the freight train down and working through some issues prior to getting married. I think that in situations like marriage, time is always your friend. And uh, looking at yourself 
before you expect someone else to take care of you and just taking care of your own emotional and spiritual needs for healing and maturity and growth that I just, I always love hearing women speak that language. So yeah, I mean, you've heard the episodes that we did on masturbation. I think that for a couple who are trying to refrain from being sexually intimate prior to marriage, or at least try to postpone it as long as possible, I think that masturbation is a helpful tool in that endeavor. The idea that you would think about your partner, why wouldn't you think about your your partner? Like who who else would you think about? You know, like, of course you wouldn't want to think about someone else. And I mean, some people would say it's totally possible to just not think about any person in particular and just let it be figments of your imagination. And I agree, maybe you can, but I think that when you're in that really giddy stage of, I think I want to marry this person. I wonder what sex with them is going to be like. Of course, it's where your brain is going to go. But if you, sorry, no, I interrupted you, but if you were raised a certain way and maybe they weren't, I don't know, but for me, you know, growing up, like masturbation was wrong. Like you don't, you don't do that because if you do that, then you're lusting after someone or something, or so, especially if you're thinking of a person, you know, then your thoughts, you know, I mean, it it all trickles down to, you know, that's, that's sin and it's wrong. But let's be real. The idea that that's sin did it stop you? Did it slow you down? Are you asking me a question? No, I'm not saying you in particular. <laughs> I'm just saying in general, do we honestly think that that takes away our desire or inclinations toward masturbating or thinking sexy thoughts about someone that we have a crush on or whatever? Right. It right. doesn't. It The fact that we think that that's such forbidden fruit really drives us so fast and furious in that direction that we usually cross lines that we never intended to cross. Right. But if we're telling ourselves that there's nothing forbidding this in scripture and the the word lust, I think that so many people, I don't mean to rehash those two previous episodes, but Mm -hmm. so many people in Christendom have confused lust and sexual energies. Mm -hmm. Lust is going out of your way to make something yours that doesn't belong to you. Mm -hmm. So if you're masturbating to thoughts of your boss or your pastor or your professor or your next door neighbor who is married or like, of course that's sinful. Of course it is because that person does not belong to you. But when you're in a serious, committed, intimate relationship that you're looking to make that a permanent fixture in your life through marriage, I don't consider that lustful. Are you married to them yet? No. And that's why this couple is trying to refrain from having sex with one another. But again, what else would you possibly think of? Of course, those thoughts are going to invade your mind. And I don't think that you need to beat yourself up over them because if you do, you're going to feel as if, well, I've already sinned by having the thought. So we may as well just go all the way and do it. That is called false guilt. So just rest assured in the fact that God's grace is sufficient for me. And that if this is a sin, I'm forgiven. And I don't have to travel down this shame spiral that makes me feel as if I should go ahead and act it out. Good for you for asking the question though. I, I But at the end of the day, you have to be the one to decide what are you 
comfortable with. Right. What's right for you or what you feel convicted about. But yeah, I think it's awesome. Like you said earlier to, you know, if you are going to refrain and, um, cause that, that's so difficult because of course, when you see each other living two hours away, I mean, I can't imagine the tension <laughs> they feel, but amazing, uh, job to address the baggage and any emotional, um, you know, issues or, you know, struggles or whatever that's getting to a healthy place for each other. And I think that this is healthy mental preparation. I mean, let's be real. If you're training for a career, what are you constantly going to be fantasizing about? What it's going to be like being in that mm-hmm. career, right? Right. If, if you are planning on getting married, what are you constantly fantasizing about? That wedding day. Well, if you're planning a life with someone in particular, of course, you're going to fantasize and imagine what having sex with them is going to be like. You'd better, mm-hmm. you'd better imagine it and make sure that you're comfortable with it. Because if there's some reason that you're not comfortable with even the thought of it, you're probably not going to be comfortable with the act of it either. And that would be a cruel thing to get somebody into a marriage relationship and then spring it on them. Yeah. I'm just not that sexually attracted to you. So please don't (laughs) expect this of me. It happens. Unfortunately it happens. So I think the fact that you can't not think about him when you're masturbating is probably a sign that there's some good chemistry there just continue to live with your boundaries in place and what you think is acceptable. Um, make your relationship with God party number one and just follow the Holy Spirit and you will be fine. But I'm going to confess, I certainly had thoughts and fantasies of Dr. Charlie Myers before getting married and having sex with him, because in my opinion, that was part of the mental preparation of it all. Yeah. Some <laughs> people may want to call me a hussy, but I just call me a sexually confident wife. That, that's the bottom that line. That sounds nicer. That, that sounds, sounds nicer. Right. So how about Amanda? What did she write? So Amanda says, I absolutely loved your perspective on masturbation the last two weeks. Thank you for that honest dialogue. I was a teen who read every young woman's battle and I had struggled with masturbation since I was a little girl who found her dad's porn stash. It was an addiction that I overcame in college. Your two episodes on the topic did leave two lingering questions though. And they are, doesn't the Bible say not to even look upon a woman with lust? How can men or women masturbate without sin if they imagine a woman or man in their minds? Is it only sin if you actually look at someone who's right in front of you and masturbate? This part is confusing to me. Also, I thought you would address what I've always heard, which is that masturbation can train your brain to only have one main pathway that leads to orgasm. And that is through the way that you touch yourself. So anyone else would need to stimulate you in the exact same manner to help you reach orgasm. That could potentially set a future partner up for failure, right? Thank you so much for your insight, Amanda. So I appreciate Amanda's honest questions as well. So I'll tackle the first one first. The idea of if you look upon someone lustfully, don't take that so literally because I just think of like when you turn and there's a really handsome creature right there, of course, your immediate thought, I mean, it's not exactly like I want to have sex with that person, but you always appreciate God's creation when you encounter someone, you're looking upon them, right? Right. So I don't want people to get the idea that if they notice someone who is sexually attractive, they have sinned because it does not work that way. God is not so cruel 
is to create us as sexual beings and craft us as beautiful men and women, and then punish us for noticing his Mm -hmm. handiwork. It just doesn't work that way. So the idea of if we even look upon someone lustfully, again, it's the emphasis is not on the word look. The emphasis is on the word lustful. If it's Mm -hmm. someone who does not belong to you and you're imagining what having sex with that person would be like when they're not yours, they've never been yours and they're never going to be yours. That's Mm -hmm. when it crosses the line. But someone who is yours or has every potential of being yours, again, I just think that it's necessary mental rehearsal that's just part of the courtship process. And think about this, Michelle, you know, we've talked about how the brain is comprised of four pleasure centers, Mm -hmm. things that we crave naturally for the sake of survival. And those things are food, water, sleep, and sex. Mm -hmm. When we think about food, even if it's not around, even if we can't have any, because we're dieting or fasting, whatever, do we beat ourselves up when we think about food? Heavens no. When we get thirsty and we're looking around for a water bottle, do we beat ourselves up because we're thirsty? No. When we're sleepy and crabby and tired, do we beat ourselves up? No. Why do we beat ourselves up when we feel sexual energies coursing through our body? Just Mm -hmm. be a good steward of it and don't binge on something that doesn't belong to you. So I would say people that don't belong to you, uh, pornographic images of other people that don't belong to you, like try to keep your thoughts harnessed and, and focused on you know, on your mate, if you're married or your potential or future mate, if, if you're single. Um, and that also reminds me, I want to toss in probably the most common email that we have gotten, um, in response to people listening to these episodes over and over, they are saying, thank you for not excluding single people from these Mm -hmm. conversations Yeah, that single people want to be sexually confident as well. And I completely understand and celebrate that. And what better time to prepare for sexual confidence than before you ever walk down the aisle. There's no reason why you can't be preparing for that even now. And in, in just doing what Lacey was talking about, just sifting and sorting that sexual baggage and trying to postpone sex as long as possible so that you can focus on building a strong foundation in the relationship before you mess it all up with sex. Because a really unhealthy person or an unhealthy relationship with really good sex in the mix will often make it to the altar, but will rarely ever stay out of divorce court. (laughs) But uh, please don't beat yourself up for being single and imagining what sex is going to be like with the person that you're thinking about marrying. I just don't think that God is anywhere near that legalistic. I I don't think that God is legalistic at all, but I certainly don't think that there's any reason that we would think that God is displeased with us functioning as normal, healthy human beings and our sex drive and our libido and our aspirations for a vibrant, healthy sex life within marriage. That is a beautiful human drive. Right. And, and what about, you know, her second question that, you know, there's, if you only know one way to have an orgasm and you know, then you're, I think she's asking one, one day when she does get married, um, you know, will they have to touch her in the same manner or will they have to do the exact same thing for her to have an orgasm? And, you know, here's the thing. 
I used to teach that like 25 years ago when I was a youth pastor and doing abstinence education workshops, I used to teach that. Mm -hmm. But here I am in my fifties and have done all these years of coaching. And I just think that it's probably a fear tactic used to try to control young people's sexual energies uh, because women are frequently finding new ways to orgasm in marriage. I was actually just talking with one earlier today about how you know, her husband thinks that the way to get her to orgasm every time is through oral sex. But what she really likes is to be touched a certain way with the palm of his hand against her clitoris. And it's like, well, whoever would have thought of that? And she didn't discover that until she was in her early 40s. So, you know, that's just kind yeah. of an example of, I just think that your whole sex life together should be an adventure of exploring and discovering new things. And yeah, it doesn't, it, 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 it's not that it requires one certain thing in one certain way and nothing else will do. Mm-hmm. Agree with yeah. That assessment? yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's not like some one way Avenue here that this is the only way to get to, you know, the end. Um, but no, but that just takes time and confidence and exploring and, you know, figuring your body out. And, um, but I think it's a good question. I think it's a great question, but again, I will always end the conversation around any type of masturbatory conversation or sexual conversation of don't follow me. I'm just a human being follow the Holy spirit. If you have a relationship with God, then you follow what you feel as if he's telling you, but if you're having a hard time discerning, what God may be telling you and you're searching scriptures and you're trying to find some sort of biblical support, I assure you that the interpretations that we have laid before you in this podcast over the past several episodes are very hermeneutically sound. And so um, you know, some people question them because they don't understand them, but I've never heard a biblical scholar challenge me on the validity of those interpretations. So for what that's worth... Hey, I, I trust you. Shit on. <laughs> <But> somebody does. <laughs> okay, Michelle. So again, I want to thank you for being a part of this with me. I'm not so sure that I would have found the overwhelming energy that I did to launch this thing this year, if it hadn't been for you coming alongside of me last year and just Aww. brainstorming and watching us design the logo and choose the, you remember the first time we heard the upbeat the music. music. We had to pick music. We did. <laughs> Logos, colors. It's been a huge labor of love over about 18 months for us to launch mm-hmm. this. And the fact that we finally have 35 episodes on the can and people can binge. And that's really exciting. And we're certainly not done. But I do nope. need to just let our listeners know, though, that uh, to do this weekly has been a, a, an overwhelming challenge. And <laughs> 2021 is not going to have as much uh, free time because hopefully our workshops will be going again and Mm -hmm. uh, couples will be coming to me for face-to-face intensives more often. So my plan moving forward is instead of every week, we will have a sexual confidence on tap podcast every other week. Mm -hmm. And then on those opposite weeks, what I would like to do is just a little five to 10 minute video clip answering people's questions, kind of like some of the ones that we've answered on the podcast. Um, But what I've realized is that 
there are a lot of people on the planet that will not listen to a 30 minute to one hour podcast, but they will watch a five minute YouTube video. Sure. Yeah. I would like to create some more content, but the intention is certainly to keep content coming down the pike every week, answering questions, inspiring you, bringing you intriguing guests that we interview, having really deep conversations that can't be done in a five minute video that really need a 30 minute right. podcast. So thank you for understanding that now that we've got these 35 episodes in the can, we're going to kind of slow it down to a more manageable pace moving forward. Yeah. And we'd yeah. love to hear your ideas for future podcast episodes, as well as for the five minute video snippets. What questions would you like to hear us answer to keep you sexually confident moving forward in your life? So before we close, I want to ask everybody to please pray for Michelle. Not only does she have <laughs> a big move coming up, yes. she also has a big surgery coming up. I do. I'm having my lady parts cut off. <laughs> cut no. out, not cut not off. Not really. <laughs> oh, yeah, wrong word. Out, not off. Yeah, I just found out that I get to have a hysterectomy in February. Well, I got a hysterectomy for my 43rd birthday, and I have never <laughs> regretted it. It's been almost 10 years, or over oh 10 years gosh. now, without a period, and you will never... Uh You'll never miss that, those days. That will be glorious. So this has been another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends. We love you for listening. And do I see a little baby tear rolling down your face? Because it's the last episode and you're going to miss me. I'm like so glad we had this time together. And if you're under 40, you have no idea what that Dude, song is to. You're old, lady. Do you even know? Do you know what that song is? To? No. That would be the like Carol a, Burnett show. No. It sounded like she a combination of opera. And, and, and then she would tug mm -hmm. her ear and <laughs> wink to the audience. <laughs> no, I'm so lost right now. You know, it wasn't a tear of sadness. It's a tear of joy. I am well, so, so, so grateful for so many blessings. And you and this podcast and our listeners and the inspiration that... Uh, that we have as a community, that is one of my biggest blessings in life. Mm -hmm. So I really do mean it when I say we love you for listening. And we thank you for tapping on us. And we thank you for tapping on us. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm doing your hey, line. Don't steal my line, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs>